Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that feels like we're talking too loud, even though our proximity doesn't require this kind of volume, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he accidentally traded his microphone for a pet rock. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. His voice is mint. It's Ian Whittington. Woo! I don't want to be here anymore. I don't like this. Ian, Ian, why don't you like why don't you like being on Sif Pop? Because you make me watch movies. For for anyone else getting to thank you, flashbacks. I was gonna say, literally, has happened in this podcast before. Uh, So yes, Uh, I do. I do understand the pain as somebody who has put himself in the position of watching all the movies so that he can tell Mm -hmm. other people about them. Uh, I do understand the pain of having to watch the bad movies, too. Uh, sometimes that is just the case. Thank you for joining us, Ian, today. Yeah, no, it's great. Good. Happy Independence to <laughs> you people. I wasn't going to bring it up. I wasn't going to hey, bring it so up. Yes, you getting were. There first. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Do you, I'm not going to let Aaron take the high road here because... Just so people know, later on in the show, we always have the segment of Best Ever Challenge. Uh-huh, yes. You wanted oh, yeah, a uh-huh. Best Ever Challenge Revolutionary War movies, specifically American Revolutionary War. <laughs> the only reason we couldn't do it is there literally is not enough movies to yeah, talk about. I just thought it might be a good topic. Enough. I just thought it might be a good topic. It's not important enough to make movies about. It wasn't wasn't that big a deal. It's fine. Move along. <laughs> the, the, the email thread for the prep to this show <laughs> is just The American Revolution was English not a big abuse. deal. Just move on. <laughs> yeah, just get on with it. It's fine. You got, you got Hamilton out of it. Just leave it be. <laughs> 
<laughs> if, if nothing else, if nothing else, you have the musical Hamilton. Uh, yep. There you go. Well, thanks for joining us, Ian. Let's get right into the the uh, beautiful, beautiful reason you're so excited to be with us today. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Minions, The Rise of Gru. Good night. Good night. Yes, yes, yes. Good night. Good night! No. Ah. <laughs> Minions! There are a lot of other villains in the world! But I am going to be a super villain! This world is mine for the taking! Make me king as we move toward a new world order! This puny little child thinks he can be a villain! I am pretty despicable! A fanboy of a supervillain supergroup known as the Vicious Six, Gru hatches a plan to become evil enough to join them with the backup of his followers, the Minions. Uh, this is, I believe, the fifth movie in the Despicable Me franchise. Wow. It feels like the 15th. <laughs> uh, I believe there are three Despicable Me movies, and this is the second Minions movie. Although I do want to say right off the bat, before we even get to like to love to dislike to hate it, it was just okay. How is this a Minions movie? This is a Despicable Me movie. This is a Despicable Me prequel. I don't get it. I don't. It's how weak are your Minion? How weak is your faith in your mm-hmm. Despicable Me franchise that you? You pull one out to be called Minion. I don't understand the logic. It must have been a focus group marketing thing. Of, it I, will make more money if we market it as Minions. As a Minions movie. I think that it has to be that. Yeah, It has to be it. It's yeah. dumb. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a, a, a Despicable Me prequel or a mequel, uh, if you will. No. Uh, no. It, it is. Uh, I mean, they put in the title The Rise of Gru. But, of course, Steve Carell is back uh, as the younger Gru. And then you've got... Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme in as Jean-Claude with a W. Oh, just... <laughs> Taraji... And that is the cleverest part of this movie. Taraji... No, it's Taraji... no, it's not. Taraji... Nunchucks. Nunchucks is the cleverest part. Uh, I'm okay. getting there. Yeah. I'm getting there. Taraji P. Henson plays Bell Bottom. Uh, Michelle Yeoh <sighs> is Master Chow. Uh, Russell Brown, uh, Brand is Dr. Nefario. Um, and we have Nunchucks and Svengeance uh, is Dolph Lundgren. Um, so, yes. Anyhow, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Ian. I am the low side of didn't like it. Okay. I am not, not going to say I hated this movie. I do not feel strongly enough about it to give it any energy in the hate category. <laughs> Andrew, before you give uh, yours, I will say Lucy Lawless played Nunchuck. Uh, and, oh, okay. Mm. Uh, Danny Trejo was Stronghold, uh, if you wondered who the uh, other villains were. Uh, Andrew, I'm did sure you... that'll all be up for Oscars. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Andrew, did you love it, like it, uh, love it, like it, or love it or like it? <laughs> Those are my options. Have okay. I used them up already? <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm going to go low side of okay. Okay, low side of okay. Uh, I'm a high side of didn't like it. Um, the... I think we're all in the same boat besides Ian, who's... Really close to a passion of hate. Oh, I, I have I have jumped off of this boat and I'm finding my own <laughs> my own boat to sit in. Uh, Andrew, you said low side of okay, so you get to kick us off. Uh, tell us about uh, this amazing movie. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I this might be the first uh, Despicable Me slash Minions movie I've ever seen. So 
maybe just the unbearable weight of mediocrity, I guess, that has come before <laughs> this movie isn't resting like it's not a weight on my shoulders or mm-hmm. anything. So I just walked in and I, I obviously knew what minions were. Right. I had no context for them or anything. So this may have been like if there was ever anything funny the minions did, they did it like in the first movie or something. Well, this is my first time seeing those funny things. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the things you liked? Uh, uh, some of the minions were funny. welcome to every despicable me movie Uh by the way that is the summary yeah i think the three stooges like those three that were on their own little journey Mm. yeah i had fun with them um okay we can talk about the bad things now (laughs) here's what i would say here there's not enough for me to hate in this movie Mm. exactly it's so bland yeah so painful by numbers yeah uh, I will say this. I'm going to stick up for the original Despicable Me a little bit. Uh, I think the original Despicable Me has a point of view. It has some interesting themes going on in it. There's something it's it's doing that's really interesting about, um, you know, people who want to see themselves as a villain, but really they're not. You know, I think there's actually a lot of that in our culture. Like, there's almost, there has been kind of this this honoring of the troublemaker or the anti-hero or that kind of thing and uh it's a movie that says you know what maybe it's okay if you can you know uh have compassion or empathy um and those little girls are you know adorable and maybe that's why this is a minions movie and not a despicable me movie because the girls aren't it you know maybe that's Mm. the distinguish distinguishing factor that they're making um but uh, but man, after that, they just they uh, as my friend Ian likes to say in the Sifpop members only uh, pre-show, they just started milking that unholy cow, um, <laughs> and they have gotten progressively worse. I I think uh, the Despicable original Despicable Me movie was fairly well received, uh, like in the eighties on Rotten Tomatoes, and you know, oh, okay. So <laughs> Andrew, we went to the same. Yeah, yeah, like Despicable <laughs> yeah. Me came out in the eighties. <laughs> How old did I just? Yeah, get? really. Um, so, so it, it, what? What are the minions? Uh, th- uh, this is a this is yes. answered in the original Minions movie. Um, oh, they okay. evolved as their own creature, uh, and they evolved in a way to serve malevolence while being joyful themselves. So, like the very first pre-human minions, like were helping out the you know the T Rex or you know mm. whatever. So. Yeah, they've been with us all along, and they are a distinct uh, creature with their own language and pill yellow bodies okay. <laughs> and butts. They have butts for some reason. The, the, oh the, yes, just those pill bodies. The cylindrical pill body bodies have butts uh, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. No shoulders. Okay. No shoulders, but they have butts. And yet dungarees, but no shoulders. (laughs) That's right. Uh, So the point I was going to make and the reason I land on the high side of didn't like it is there is some of that stuff that is lingering that has trickled down, uh, trickled down movie nomics to the sequels, right? So this is this is the idea that even when you're milking the unholy cow, there's still some some nutrients there, even if it's, you know, been a long time. So. You know, the other things I like in Minions, The Rise of Gru, yes, there are things I laughed at. There are things I thought were clever. 
But I've seen it before so many times, and it's just a result of the original property, and it mm-hmm. isn't repackaged enough for me to feel anything new, to feel anything where I'm like, oh, that's interesting what you did there. Um, it's all just kind of the same stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, that's where my good mm-hmm. stuff comes from. I will stay in the in the positives as well, and I actually completely agree with you. I like Despicable Me. I like that first movie. Um, <laughs> Your positive in, is a different movie. <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. This is me and Aaron just did the same thing. It, I, I do enjoy that movie. Um, the Minions at that point were original and pretty fun. That moment where um, one of the, I think it's Stuart or somebody gets blamed for causing the mess in the house. And then the camera just like flips over to him and he goes, what? Like just the disgust in his face when he's been like blamed for something he didn't do. Um, I'll just keep talking about Despicable Me instead of this movie. <laughs> um, but I, I just, uh, no, positive things, positive things. Um, it was short. Yeah. It was short. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, was short. Did you were find there yourself- any? Were there any like uh, cameos or anything from the other movies in yes. this one? Like, yes. They, I don't no, the entire you, obviously, movie- I don't want you to list specifics to like give away spoilers or anything, but there were. Oh, absolutely! The, yeah, the entire movie is a cameo. Like that, yeah, really? is, it's prequelitis. No, yeah, a hundred percent prequel. There is no need to have Russell Brand in this movie it, 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 at all, other than oh, hey, look, he's in the first movie. Like it's it, it. <laughs> <laughs> when when can we do the bad stuff? <laughs> Ian, you can take us to the bad stuff. Uh, Good. Talk. I do want it before you do though. Did you laugh? Were there some times where you were like, oh, that's funny? Yeah, but it's the dumbest stuff. It's right. the, the, the the kung fu stuff where he's like he's bashing his head fruit. like the super low hanging fruit that it may as well be a nut shot because it's gonna make me laugh. It doesn't mean that I respect you for making me <laughs> laugh by doing that. Like he's getting built up to to like karate chop the thing, but then grabs Stuart instead and bashes his head against it. Mm-hmm. Wow, you guys it's know that... the minions' names. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only Stuart. If you if you realize, I've only mentioned Stuart. He's the only one I can remember. So I'm attributing everything to him. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't um, matter which one it actually is. Any of them. It's Stuart, not Stuart, and the other one. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, just, that got me. It, it I guess me laugh. which one's Stuart? What's which one's he? I think he's the tallest, skinniest okay. looking of the. Because I remember there was the tall one, the one-eyed one, and then the baby one. Yeah, the Stuart, Algernon, and Ulysses. I think it's Kevin and Bob. It's Stuart, Kevin, and there Bob. Uh, and I apologize for knowing this, but um, <laughs> but well, yes. Hey, when did the first Despicable Me come out? Was it right around the time, Aaron, when your 2010, kids were... Uh, in feels two, right. In 2010, I had an 11, 9, 7, and 5-year-old. Uh, so, yeah, you lived that's... and breathed to spoil me. <laughs> yeah, so that was mm-hmm. right in the, in the heart of that. Yeah, for sure. Ten years this franchise has been going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, go ahead. Tear it apart, and Kick us off. What are some of your thoughts? Uh, this movie is every prequel that's ever, ever been made. It's also every 70s movie retro thing that's ever been made. It's well, every 70s stars in this movie. Uh, it's it's just, they don't lean into that enough. If they did, mm-hmm. I might have I had a better time. But they do, other than the funny names that are, okay, fine, they're quite funny. That's where the joke starts and ends. They completely miss an opportunity there. Um, otherwise, this is like Austin Powers' gold member goes to the seventies, but with mm-hmm. less plot. Like, yeah. it is let's just throw in every reference that we can. The song choices are bafflingly random and pointless, and just seventies until they're not seventies, and they just bring in some music, some current music. I'm like, stick with your stick with a thing. Um, mm-hmm. 
it, yeah, it's just, it's every prequel that you've ever seen. It is ticking off the bingo card of this is what we have to do. These are the callbacks that we have to make. And if we said it in the 70s as well, maybe that's enough variety that it'll get bums in seats. Um, well, the st- and that, that's it. It's just lazy. Yeah, well, the story is so sparse, right? There's not a lot going on here. It, it is an excuse for a series of um, pratfalls, right? The, mm-hmm. This movie is an excuse for a series of uh, comedic bits uh, that mm-hmm. it wants to do. And some of them are yeah. successful. Some of them are fine. But it's just not why I go to movies. Now, is it why little kids go to movies? Maybe a little bit, you know. Like, and that's it, what I had to like. I had to get into my head. So I went. I did genuinely go into this really optimistic because the bar mm-hmm. couldn't be any lower. So I was like, this could be the. This could be just one of those movies that catches me off guard, and I'm just like, damn, I had a good time with that. Mm-hmm. But it just it doesn't need to do that. Like there were kids in in the theater that were laughing. There were teenagers in the theater that were laughing. That were kids when Despicable Me came out. So I was mm-hmm. like, you. This is doing for you what it needs to do. So I was like, this is just, it's not for me. I, I wish, I wish you could do both. And they, they can do both. You absolutely can. But it's far easier to just do the lowest common denominator. Mm-hmm. Agree. Andrew, some thoughts? Uh, the MacGuffin in this movie is one of the most pointless movie objects I've ever seen. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, are we trying there's, to be James Bond or Indiana no, Jones? It's there's so no dumb. desire established besides we're evil and we steal things mm. like nothing else is you know referenced there's no lore nothing like <laughs> I, give me a reason to care mm. like what am i so afraid like of this object like why is why is it wanted yeah i for me it was <laughs> i thought they did a fairly uh, no, they didn't do a fairly good job, but they, it, it was fine. I didn't need to know like all the details, but for me, it was the resolution. It was the cl- it was the mm-hmm. climax that was such a failure because it was like, oh, it just you know does this. That's yeah. what it does, and uh, on this day, so and I think they kind of yeah. laid that groundwork. On this day, it does a thing, and when it does the thing, I'm like, okay, so you know, I mean, you have you built yourself vehicles that are pretty much just as destructive as what this yeah. thing does so like i don't like you know I, like you're in the why, 70s and you have these rocket you know uh hover yeah. powered vehicles like i don't know it was just it was it's, weird because it was so anticlimactic to me what it did yeah it's the laziest this is saying something it is the laziest part of the movie and it even it somehow manages to feel out of place even mm-hmm. in uh, a movie that's paint by numbers this avengers style team up uh, just beat the bad guys finale is just so lazy it just you didn't have to put any thought into that you just create a bunch of creatures from chinese mythology so you didn't even have to create original creatures you're just slapping some whatever year of the mm-hmm. snake whatever it is onto it and there you go just things explode there is no thought or care gone into that finale yeah yeah that was it was the most disappointing part for me was the story mm. You know, I can I can almost go with you doing just a running series of comedic bits, you know, as long as you, a simple story isn't a problem for me, but it has to lead somewhere. Like I, you know, and, and I'm not even a hundred percent sure what this movie was saying. Like I, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> I'm trying to figure out if it's about um, Knuckles, Wild Knuckles, uh, the Alan Arkin character who we haven't um, mentioned yet. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think it's supposed to be. Is he new? Yeah, he's completely new. He's completely new. And I think the movie is telling us this is Gru's mentor uh, in in some way. And Mm -hmm. so how he found his mentor. But what the movie is telling us is about how he mentored him is really strange. Because if if Wild Knuckles is learning the lesson that Gru learns in the first movie, which kind of feels like what's going in, you know, on here... Well, then why didn't Gru learn it too when his mentor learned after his mentor learned it? You know what I mean? Like And that's a, always the problem with prequels is that you have yeah. to you have to have your main character be so far behind whatever work they get done in the current movies. And that never works. They always feel further ahead than they should be. Yeah. Almost always. I just feel like we uh, there should be a different Gru in Despicable Me if this is mm. the experience he had leading to his career as a quote unquote villain. Um yeah. but yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm misunderstanding something. Maybe I'm missing something. Um, but it just I wasn't exactly sure what the movie was trying to to say. I think you've, I think you've already put more thought into it than anybody. <laughs> the movie the wanted to say did. little yellow butts are funny. That's what the movie right. wanted to say. Um, uh huh. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know that they're wrong. Um, so you know, to a certain audience, to a certain mm. audience. Uh, any final thoughts on Minions: The Rise of Gru? Uh, I guess you could technically call it a post-credit scene, but it's right after director. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a post-credit scene. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's really the end of the movie. I like yeah. throwing the director credit in there was weird to me. I don't. Bizarre. I didn't understand that. They're like, but, yeah. oh right, crap! We gotta do this. <laughs> we have to do one of these because yeah. we haven't taken that off the bingo card. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> Ian, any I final thoughts? No, I, have, I have nothing. <laughs> I'm so I'm done with these movies. <laughs> uh, I paid more attention. My final thought is this. I paid more attention than I ever have to the language of the minions in this one and remain convinced that they are just speaking French and Spanish. Uh, mm. in, oh, I thought I heard Italian. It, I picked yes. up tons of French in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's... there's I it, Because... It's funny because the directors have said, we created this entire language for the Minions. And I'm like, I think you just combined several different languages and use them when appropriate. Um, yep. Yeah. I don't I don't think this is in question. Mm. <laughs> so um, I think good night. Good night is the only English word that's in there. <laughs> it, is. it is. Clearly spoken. Just like, good night. Yeah. 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 Uh, there you go. Minions The Rise of Gru is in theaters. Uh, will you like it? Maybe, probably not. Will your young children like it? Seems fair to say they might. Um, mm-hmm. It is definitely geared that direction. Uh, let's move on to another movie set in the 70s. Uh, let's talk about The Black Phone. I'll be home in the morning. Where are you going? I'm staying over at Susie's tonight. Snow. The flyer. The papers call him the grabber. I wish you wouldn't call him that. You don't actually believe that story, do you? Because he can't hear you. And he doesn't really take kids that safe. Oh! <laughs> you goof. Well, isn't that just peachy king? You need some help? You see that? Yeah. <laughs> Would you hand me my hat? Yes, sir. I am a part-time magician. Are those black balloons enough? Would you like to see a magic trick? 
Finney Shaw, a shy but clever 13-year-old boy, is joined by little yellow minions and then abducted by a sadistic <laughs> killer and trapped in a soundproof basement where screaming is of little use. When a disconnected phone on the wall begins to ring, Finney discovers that he can hear things in there. are spoilers in this description I'm not going to get into. Uh, let's talk about the black phone. Uh, this is Scott Derrickson. Uh, coming back to, uh, or I say coming back, um, he it's not like he left necessarily. Um, what did you guys think of the black phone? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, you get to start this time. I left the movie theater thinking it was okay, but I think right now I'm going to land on it. I did not like it. Oh, went down in your estimation. Um, yeah. Ian? I did not expect this to have such a similar plot to, 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 to Minions, <laughs> genuinely. I was like, this is unusual. Um, I, mm, man, I'm the low side of, it's just okay. Low, like, low, cresting into, didn't like it, but low, low side of it's mm -hmm. just okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to land on the low side of liked it. Um, I, I liked this movie. Uh, I like a lot of what this movie is doing. Um, there are certainly some things that bring it down that I'm sure you guys will be happy to get into and I will agree <laughs> with. Um, but I get to start because apparently uh, I'm the only one that liked it. Aaron, why is this amazing? This movie is the greatest movie ever made, and here's why. Yes. Um, so, no, uh, I totally understand the love that's coming out for this movie. First and foremost, I will say this. It has a clever and interesting structure and process that I don't think I've ever seen before. And I love that when a new a movie can mm -hmm. show me something new. It has a, a very, very deliberate thing that it's doing um, that I think works. Um, the execution, we can talk about that in different ways. Um, but in addition to the fact that the structure works so well for me, I think the way the story is tell, told enhances that structure really well. Like the information you're given through this movie and when you're given it um, really feels like I'm learning things when the movie wants me to learn them. And I'm discovering mm. things when the movie wants me to discover them. Um, and I really, really appreciate that about a film. I think that's just good storytelling. And I felt like I was along for uh, a really interesting if nothing else um story here uh what about you guys you guys have anything good to say about it well yeah there's a, a, a i think to build off what you're saying there's a there's an originality to this movie that is overlaid that's over sorry it's overlaying a a trope that you see in these types of movies that makes it unique and stand out mm -hmm. which that is really cool and i can get behind that um if I'm going to give one pro to this movie, I'm going to look up her name. It's his Madeline sister, McGraw. Madeline McGraw. Yeah. She was the standout in this movie for me. I think that she did mm. a great, great job. Um, on, am am I wrong to say that the, the acting in this movie, even dealing with all the all the kids that are in this movie, is actually kind of good? Um, yeah, totally agree. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I not only liked Madeline McGraw, I really liked um, uh, Mason the, Thames, the main kid. I, I thought he was, I thought he was fine, but um, in, in good, in fact. Um, but I'm trying to uh, find the name of the uh, actor who played the oh, the kid that got into the fight. His name is Ethan Hawke. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, anyways, I will just say the 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 kid that beat up the bully. Uh, I thought he was a really mm. interesting 
fun character, and I thought the performance Miguel was... Miguel Casaveras Mora. Okay, thank you. Um, I thought he was he was really uh, good. So, yeah, I actually liked the, the acting all, all through this. I thought it was really good, except for maybe... Uh, the brother character, and when I say the brother, I mean the br the brother of the Ethan Hawke character. Yeah, um, James Ransom was a little name. was a little bit on the nose for me. That I didn't like Ethan Hawke in this movie. Oh, talk about it. You want do you want me to get into negatives? right Listen, now? Listen, it's a conversation, and you mentioned Let's it. So it. yeah, what's what's uh, what's your issue with Ethan? One, uh, it, it's kind of spread out, but over everybody. But I think everybody in this movie, besides the sister, is a very one-note character. Like, there's nothing mm. really, you know, you know. There, there's a, a distinctive factor for each character, and then that one distinct note becomes the character. Mm. Um, I think that Ethan Hawke is really trying to lay on the creepiness vibe here. It's like. Guys, I need you to know that I'm creepy. If the mask isn't doing it for you, maybe my creepy voice will, you know, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, it, 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 I'm not going to say that I would know how difficult it is, but, you know, doing a, a performance that is 99% hidden behind a mask to try and convey some emotion. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he felt he had to overact to sell, but uh, it, normally I find it's the subtleties. Uh, that really sell those performances where like a, a character's face is hidden like in a well we were speaking earlier about uh <laughs> guy fox so let's talk about v for vendetta with hugo weaving you know having to do that entire performance hidden behind the mask it's the subtlety that works for that character so whenever i see ethan hawk doing the i'm creepy you know this kind of stuff it, it, i missed that scene <laughs> oh you didn't <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see the jazz hands at all. Oh, he jazz hand. <laughs> he jazz handed for sure. Um, but yeah, it's that kind of like the overacting the performance art of it to try and make a character seem more creepy. It, it didn't work for me. Okay. I, it worked for me. I thought the, the Hawk performance was fine. Um, Ian, some thoughts? Um, yeah, I've found it difficult to weigh in or get into it because it was just okay for me mm -hmm. um i i actually completely agree with you Aaron. i love that it's doing something original and it is an original premise and an original structure and i this i would challenge anybody to say it's predictable or say they can see where it's going maybe the final outcome fine but how the character gets there and where they dive into this mystery and how they explore it um is really really well done and i'd, um, I'd honestly like to do a sift spoil on this if you guys are up for it because yeah, I, do, so, yeah. I do have some things i want to talk about that that are mm. blatant spoilers um mm -hmm. that impact uh, my ability to, to anti-gravity so. string yes and, yeah. uh, <laughs> adamantine porcelain mm -hmm. you know yeah all these mm -hmm. things when tom cruise yeah. showed up so weird yeah. but um but yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah. um i I can I can absolutely see the the 1970s horror influences as well. Like mm -hmm. there is a, a heavy Haddonfield vibe to this entire movie, especially the first half. And I, there's there's so much walking. There is so so much walking to and from school, to and between disasters. Um, and I'm not going to be able to articulately say why that dragged for me, why that didn't work, setting the mood. Um, there is. And, un and it sounds strange to say there is an uncomfortable amount of child abuse in this film. Any amount is uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but it lays it on so, so It's thick. not. There it's is... not afraid to be that movie that's like, 
look, if we're going to do this topic, you're going to be uncomfortable because this is, this is a very uncomfortable topic. Um, Yeah. yeah. It absolutely swims in it. And it was, and I'm sure it's supposed to be, it was so distracting from the story and the, the premise and why I, the movie I was expecting to see, um, it was it laid it on so so thick and went so deep into that place i had trouble swimming back out of it to so, then enjoy a movie about a mystery kidnapper sure let, let me offer some thoughts uh without spoiling anything and maybe we'll get back to into this in spoilers too when we can talk more specifically but just to clarify are you are you talking about ethan hawk or are you talking about jeremy davies it's jeremy davies I think right that's, about jeremy what, davies. that's, that's yeah, what yeah. i thought i just wanted to clarify yeah. and make sure this yeah. movie is very intentionally doing something thematically with that in two ways. Uh, it's setting up brother-sister stuff. It's also setting up finale stuff that we can't mm-hmm. talk about till till spoilers. But it's it's definitely purposeful. Like it's not. It's I wouldn't see it as um, unnecessary uh, for what the mm-hmm. movie wants to do. But I think it is worth mentioning it because it can impact your ability to enjoy the movie because. You have to sit there and watch it. And that is exactly why I'm struggling mm-hmm. to critique it, because I know that is a personal thing. I'm I'm confident that that is exactly what the movie wanted to do. I mm-hmm. don't think it's accidental. I don't think it's necessarily exploitative. It's mm-hmm. just what it did for me was get me so buried in the weeds that I struggled to enjoy this as an adventure and mm-hmm. as a... Uh, fist pumping moment, right? Uh, and when, for all the, whatever good stuff happens, and I will say the movie is doing some really wild stuff with the idea of uh, redemption and and grace. And uh-huh. I I I think there is the movie wants you to really wrestle with that question um, based on how it kind of finishes off um, and the idea of you know. Uh, is is there grace? Is there and I the, I think the movie has a, a worldview and it's mm-hmm. not necessarily one you might be comfortable with. And I don't just mean you, Ian. I mean you, the mm-hmm. you know the the viewer. Um, yeah. So um, I I think that's very valid to talk about. I think that's very uh, a valid concern. Um, so yeah. Anyways, I'm glad you brought it up. Mm-hmm. Um, any other thoughts, uh, Andrew? No post credit scene. <laughs> well, I wasn't ready for that yet. I just meant was that were there any other negatives that you wanted to get into? Um, well, guys, there's no post credit scene. Um, it's yeah. Uh, like I said, when I left the theater, I was just okay with it. This movie didn't really hit me anywhere. I think I'm with Ian. It, it's very meh. If I. It, is that what you're kind of saying, Ian? That there was it's it's I'm it's really difficult to articulate because the stuff that hit me in the wrong way you can't describe it as as mad because it's so it's such a deep and traumatizing thing. But somehow that the package overall did actually come out as meh for me as cool. Okay, yeah, okay, just so strange. So yeah, I'm, I'm in a different boat than uh, I found. I wasn't drawn to any characters, so like the only character I really liked wasn't in danger so (laughs) that really doesn't add but you know they're a real driving force for the movie but uh obviously which character character are you talking about the sister oh i think she's completely in danger like she's like 
almost in as much peril as um as as the brother. But that's probably spoilery. But yeah, we'll get into <laughs> um, that in spoilers because I'd like to yeah. unpack that unless we mm. already have. Um. So yeah, I don't really have anything, Aaron. You well, I, one thing we haven't talked about is this movie does take some pretty decent leaps in logic. It takes some pretty decent mm. um, leaps in uh, character development where you can tell that it's prioritizing story structure and thematics over realism in uh, in quite a few ways. And I'm not just talking about metaphysical things, although certainly there's worth discussing and um, the way the way this movie chooses to uh, to use those things is uh, it's very clear to me that it that there was less concern with would this happen this way in the real world it, there was more concern oh, entirely there was yeah. more concern with here's what the story needs to do and that's mm-hmm. fine that doesn't bother me I actually had the the thought during this movie that I think one of the reasons I end up liking more movies than some is I genuinely my movie optimism takes over where I'm like oh I you can do that movie that's fine I'm not mm-hmm. going to get distracted by that I'm not going to get annoyed by that I'm I'm excited for the story you want to tell me I know you're a movie so let's watch mm-hmm. it you know and I think sometimes especially in modern movie watching we can get to the place where we'd rather find the things we don't like and then go see now I don't like this movie see this oh, is 100%. distracting me and yeah and um and I think I'm just I think I I like being able to give a movie grace to be a little ridiculous or a little unrealistic because it has a story to tell and I I definitely think this that's, movie did. That's why we go to see movies, <laughs> right? Like, I, yeah. Like what I did like about the movie is that it does it sticks to its own rules. Like mm-hmm. it is yes. very it doesn't yes. try to mislead you into a false flag thing or any red herrings. It's very very clear that this is how this stuff works in this universe. Um, absolutely fine with that and that's the part of the movie I like the most that premise is is really really good it's really interesting it also wades into religion a little bit which is inter- always interesting to me that was and, fascinating and, the journey and, that the sister goes on is and is doesn't so really come down with a worldview I don't think like it no. doesn't it doesn't take the time to go here's the movie's worldview on you know this thing um, and I, I found that compelling I, I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting um, but uh, but yeah so. I think it's funny. This movie had to be a period piece because wall-mounted phones aren't a thing anymore. <laughs> well, and just cell phones, I think, yeah. is the... Yeah. I, I, I just wouldn't be surprised if 90% of horror movies from here on out are set before 1985. Like, I just, like, yeah. it's, you know, or 1990, I should say. But it's yeah. it's just it, the internet and cell phones changed, ev- like, everything. And mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's to the movie's benefit, you know. It's why it's mm. so interesting to watch a movie like It Follows. I don't know um, uh, if you guys have seen It Follows, oh, yeah. but Very it's a movie, movie that is aesthetically a 70s movie. But they never yet, say. But they never say. And yet mm. the characters do have some sort of devices that they can use when the plot needs yeah. it to. Like it's so nebulous when it takes place that the movie gets away with some stuff because you can't really place it. And um, I just think you have horror movies are going to have to do that because so much of the tension is eliminated when you can just pull a phone out and yeah. google something or call someone mm-hmm. or video chat with someone and we are so tired of the oh no cell phones don't work here trope you know uh-huh. it's like having yeah. to eliminate eliminate that in a creative way is so difficult now it's all been done um so 
yeah, I think unless you're a movie that's willing to make it part of the tension somehow and figure out how that works, um, it's mm. just it's difficult to do. So, so yeah, the 70s is much easier. Yep. Totally. Um, I'm trying to think if I touch on everything I want to touch on before we talk spoilers. And I think everything else, um, there's a, I, w- I will say there's a story turn that I think works towards the end of this. Uh, we'll talk about that more specifically in mm. uh, spoilers, a little bit of a surprise. Um, and yeah, we can talk about more in the Sif Spoil if you want to check yeah. that out. Uh, any final thoughts from you two? I already said mine. <laughs> I am... I'm going to be pondering this, and I may have to watch... No, I'm not going to watch it again. That was my answer <laughs> I, right yeah. there. I, yeah. I don't want to watch no, this movie No, you're not going to watch this movie again. No. Um, I'm disappointed that... I'm almost disappointed with myself that I didn't like it more, because I almost want to reward original stories yeah. and original like filmmaking like this. Mm-hmm. Like I, There is so much about this film I'm convinced I should like, but I just come down on... Ah, it's okay. I think there is enough... Um, I, th- I think there is a- enough of those moments where you don't quite roll your eyes, but there, there are enough of the, oh, I see what we're mm. doing here moments in this movie that you're reminded enough times, you know, that the movie isn't perfect, that it's hard yeah. to build up that momentum of, oh, I love this. Oh, this is so cool. You know what I mean? Like some movies do a, a really great job of just like building you into the mm. movie and so... Like, it, it's not that you have to ignore those distractions. They don't even distract you because you're so into, uh, exactly. you know, yeah. what's going on. And in this movie, you just kind of have to ignore the distractions mm. and then just give yourself to, you know, what you're enjoying about it. So, yeah. And I think that I think it comes down to the first half of the film dragging. And the only the only bits that didn't were the really traumatizing bits that I didn't oh, want yeah. to have in front of me. So yeah. that, that was the only time where the tension kind of picked up. And I get what it's setting up, but... 90 minutes of movie i shouldn't feel like it's dragging its its feet yeah yeah i guess my one last thing is you're telling me a cokehead didn't check every door in that house (laughs) fair enough we'll just leave that at that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. maybe talk about that more than the sip spoil uh all right that is the black phone uh it is in theaters uh it is hour and 42 minutes uh in case you're wondering about how long you're gonna be both quick watches yeah you know? yeah. yeah both yeah. felt days long <laughs> really okay oh, oh I man say this, i want to say this for both movies just real quick uh they felt like they went by really quick both of them did yeah Maybe i, I was just in a bad mood <laughs> i didn't feel i didn't feel the the length of either of these movies no definitely not mm-hmm. uh before we head into the best ever challenge just a reminder that you can uh support sif pop at patreon patreon.com slash sif pop if you do that, there's lots of fun uh, thank yous that we give to the different levels of our Sif Pop members, uh, including a members-only pre-show that comes in your own dedicated podcast feed uh, without ads uh, as well. Um, so you get all the normal episodes and all the bonus episodes, no ads, in your own feed. Uh, if you want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash Sift Pop um, and support starts at $3 a month. So... Uh, really appreciate those who are willing to do that. So again, check that out at patreon.com slash As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's move on to the best ever challenge. Best ever Steve Carell movies. Um, he's done some. He's done some movies, guys. Steve Carell yeah. has been in some movies. <laughs> One or two. Uh, we'll go number five to number one. Feel free to feel free to uh, Trump if you have something higher. Aaron, you go first. I will do so. Number five, Horton hears a who, guys. Uh, I have a really soft spot in my heart for this movie. Um, I think Jim Carrey's great in it. I think Steve Carell is great in it. Uh, it's probably my favorite Seuss movie. Um, I I really enjoy it. I think it's well done. It's funny. It's uh, got a lot of great, great stuff in it. So uh, it may sound weird when there's so many other great movies that Steve Carell has been in, but I sure do love. (laughs) Hey, I haven't seen it, so I can't say that. You should watch it. It's really cute. It's it's great. Yeah, I really. Is it seasonal? Like a Grinch who stole Christmas, or can you watch it anytime? You can watch it anytime. Any anytime. You just need a a burst of that. Everyone is important, no matter how small. Um, Oh, never have that. So. Uh, Ian! Um, I realized that if you don't count sequels, prequels, etc., I've only seen six Steve Carell movies. Wow! So I, I did not have a lot to pull from here. Okay. I'm really sorry. Wow. So, in at number five is Despicable Me. Um, okay. Because I genuinely, I do enjoy that first movie. That is, it was, it was unique. It was quite original. Mm-hmm. Um, and absolute props to, um to uh to phil for pulling up graphics because i sent him my list about 10 minutes before the show started <laughs> so well done sir um yeah no it's we've talked about despicable me enough the kids are adorable um it's so fluffy i could die was is still to this day if you don't know where it came from it came from this movie mm-hmm. um yeah there, there's some good stuff in there nice uh andrew what do you got at your number five well mine's gonna get trumped i have vice so not trumped by me. It's in my honorable mentions. What? And if I if I'd seen it, perhaps. <laughs> Aaron, I thought this was also going to be like your number one. Really, I do enjoy Vice, but uh, Horton Hears a Who is just better. Um, it's just a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, this movie for me it, it rests on the shoulders of Christian Bale, just being yeah as insanely yeah. good as he is. I think the movie itself is lacking, but performances around. 
like uh, Sam Rockwell as George W. and stuff. Like it's mm-hmm. it's great casting, astounding prosthetic work, and uh, just good performances all around. Yeah. Yeah, good performances all around. I will say for our live viewers, I'm not sure that's was Bruce Willis in Vice. I don't <laughs> I was, remember. I don't remember that Bruce Willis being what? in Vice. I just think the wrong uh, graphic was uh, loaded up. Um, so. I can't see it. It's oh. I have I have oh I, maybe if I do this, but then oh huh. <laughs> yeah anyhow uh yes vice is a lot of fun um i i it's interesting for me because i do go back and forth on that movie even though i enjoy it quite a bit um i wonder how much of it is the incredible transform transformation I think, of Christian i think he's Bale, thinking so. of the 2015 mm-hmm. thomas jane Bruce Willis movie Vice. Nope, wrong one. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about I, Christian Bale, Amy Adams, twenty eighteen Oscar nominated film. Yeah, yeah. I take back my props. You stuffed it up, <laughs> Phil. Uh, all right, uh, I think we're on to our number four. So I will go with Beautiful Boy at number four. Um, this is a recent film with uh, Timothy Chalamet and uh, Steve Carell, and this is talk about movies that are hard to watch but good, like hard to deal with, like real life stuff. Um, as a parent watching another parent try to deal compassionately with a son who is addicted to hard drugs and that battle. And to do it in an honest way, um, I've just never seen anything like it. And it just kind of owned those parental uh, sides of me that are just like, what would I do in that? How would I, you know, I think I understand what tough love is. Do I really understand what tough love is? And is tough love even, like, is there a degree where love is too tough? Like, you know, do you just still... You know, what is the difference between enabling and being empathetic? Like, it's just like all of these issues are so complicated and so complex. Uh, this is based on a true story, by the way. And the yeah, book, isn't it written by the father and correct. the son together? Correct. The father and son wrote the book together um, about this journey in the movie uh, follows the book. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's absolutely. Uh, an an impressive movie to watch and very compelling. And of course, Timothy Chalamet's great. Uh, Steve Carell is great. Some yeah. of Steve Carell's best work in, in my uh, um, yeah my belief. So yeah, beautiful it's, boy in at number four for me. It's my number six. It's a rough watch, but it is beautiful. That scene with them in the diner mm-hmm. hits me every time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, number four for you, Ian. In in a similar vein, get smart. Um. <laughs> Great double feature, <laughs> right? Great double feature gets smart. Beautiful, beautiful boy, boy and gets My smart. Goodness, no. Uh-huh. I, I, I like this movie. It's fine. This is this shows that I'm pulling from a very limited pool of mm-hmm. Steve Carell movies, but it's fun. It I is love fun. Anne, I love Anne Hathaway. Um, I think it hits the callbacks in for the most part in the right way. I think it does the 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 um reimagining reboot stuff pretty well um and he's he's fun he i love him in these slightly mr bean clumsy roles that that i think that's where he's really he's really really good as well yeah yeah i get smart is a movie that has just disappeared from people's 
consciousness mm-hmm. and it's really fun it's really yeah. fun um if you haven't seen it and it's floating around i don't know where it's necessarily available i don't know if it's streaming anywhere but um it'd be a fun watch you know I, I feel i feel like sometimes people are like oh man we should watch a movie or something i don't know i just want to you know kick back and have a good time and then and don't know what to watch here's one to put on the list just mm-hmm. you know throw get smart on and and laugh a little yep. bit it's really funny uh andrew what's your number four uh, one of my favorite rom-coms of all time, Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, it was on, in my honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, Ryan Gosling and uh, Emma Stone are, yeah. like, perfect. Uh, this is the first time they got together before they did uh, uh, La La, La Land. La Land. Mm-hmm. And uh, this movie is so good, except for one thing I really don't like about this movie i think this movie is almost perfect and there's like i said only one thing holding it back i think that the character dynamics are great the chemistry between ryan gosling and steve carell is hilarious um uh yeah it's it it hits every level of what it is like to be in love there's a young kids you know like infatuation with you know the girl at school there's the Ryan Gosling character who is, you know, the player. He's just the beautiful guy who it's all about sex. And then you have Steve Carell who is kind of doing two different roles in this movie. He's doing the uh, the seasoned, you know, uh, husband, but then he's also the uh, the jilted lover. You know, he's someone who is cheated on, so he's going through the turmoil and the the pain of love. So seeing all these people represent, you know, what it is to be in love or what love means to them. I think this is a fascinating and super funny movie. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I agree with uh, a lot of that. Um, All right. On to our number threes. Yes. Uh, This is where I have the way, way back. Um, Another one of my favorite Steve Carell performances in a really, really interesting movie. Uh, this, of course, is um, kind of a coming-of-age tale for this kid and how it you know, revolves around him working at a water park one summer uh, when they're vacationing in their you know, summer beach home or whatever. And it's just kind of one of those interesting story tales that just owns you and you just kind of really root for this kid and kind of what's going on and um you know yeah definitely one i would uh would recommend a lot of fun so okay, I'll way, check way that. uh let's see ian what's your number three uh number three and three and two are kind of at the same spot um but bruce almighty <laughs> i'm gonna trump bruce almighty so yay nice <laughs> so nice we'll move Good, on trumpet. to uh to andrew's number three one of the funniest movies ever made, Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Uh, trumpet. Yeah. Well, look at that. Now the trumping begins. Uh-huh. So I guess that takes us to our number twos. It uh, does. My number two is The Big Short. Same. Um, so, yeah, The Big Short is probably... Oh, no, The Big Short. Yeah, The Big Short. Yeah. You forget this movie exists. Ian? Yeah, I, no. Um, okay, take Despicable Me off my list. This is my number five. <laughs> so you you trumped me earlier. Yes, okay. I did. I trumped good. you earlier. I love this movie. It's so good. It is so very, very good. And probably Adam McKay's masterpiece so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just, you know, I think... <laughs> 
<laughs> it made me want to sell my house and just live in a hole. Like I don't want anything to it do made me want with to mortgages s- or banks. It made me want to stock an entire room with water. Is what it made me want. Oh, to the very do. end of that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, He's man. investing in only one thing now: water. Water. Like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um. No. So it is. It is very rare to me that a movie can be both this entertaining and this important. Like this is an important mm, movie. Yes. Um. It's important for a couple of reasons. It's important because it's educational. Uh, it genuinely, and I, you know, I didn't need Margot Robbie in a bubble bath to explain it uh, necessarily to me. But I also, Get out. I also didn't Get complain. Out. I didn't complain. <laughs> but it's, but it's a movie that isn't shy about the Aaron's fact that Aaron's doing it, education wrong. <laughs> it's, it isn't shy about the fact that it's having to educate on some things. That you know, yeah. that, that this is, it is complex, but it's not. Uh, it's not something you that's um, impenetrable. You can understand this. You can start mm-hmm. to understand the concepts. You can start to understand what the problem is. And this movie does such a great job of educating that for me, this is what really kind of locked me into. Oh, this is why the housing crash happened. This is what happened. Um, you know, during that situation. Uh, so it's important for that reason. It's also important because. We can repeat this kind of stuff. It's just I, like we, our greed will have us repeating these kind of things. So, yeah. I hate the text at the end of the movie that explains the new version of the funds mm-hmm. that are being, and when they started yeah. and what they're doing. I was like, mm-hmm. Matt, I hate that so, so much. That we don't learn our lessons. We don't learn our lessons, or we're just easily tricked, or want to be. No, tricked. it's not that it's, we didn't yeah. learn our lesson, it's that there were no consequences. So, why not do it again? And I think that's the most damning thing is that it isn't. It may not be about lesson learning. It is just that this will be abused. Yeah. It is inherently mm-hmm. flawed. Um, yeah, I learned more about mortgages and banking through this movie than I did in the previous thirty years of life. And it's <laughs> yeah. not up to watching it. It's not. This is my number two as well. As well, I don't know if I said that. It's yeah, not the fact that this is a. Uh, informative with those you know those cutaways like the anthony bourdain or the margot robbie or stuff like that they're they they break it down in the actual like uh you know real conversations like the scene with ryan gosling giving his pitch to steve carell and his crew and he has the jenga board Mm -hmm. you know and he's like Mm, triple a bonds a bonds all the way down to triple b's and c's you know and then he breaks it down like this is america's housing market once you get all these tranches of all these conglomerated you know once they just say "Eh, we're just going to take all these b's and c's it put them together, and then it's a whole new uh, it's a whole new thing. So you can mm. you can triple A rate that it's fine. It's new. Yeah, and it's crazy. Yeah. It well, and, it's yeah, weird there's because a, there's a satisfaction. It, there's a satisfaction with them getting like a you know some payback on these banks by you know getting these shorts on all of these bonds. But at the same time, it's like it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. It wasn't enough well, punishment. It, it, and Steve Carell's character really wrestles with that. Is like, yeah, I can make a profit, but this is adding to the tumble. Like, people will suffer if we cash out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and it's just weird now that the the market is the way it is right now, where you're just like, wait, what's happening? Why is this happening? Is this inflation? Is it something else? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, economics is so complex and so you know difficult but there are ideas that you can start to understand and start to um you know figure out in this movie does such a good job of kind of bringing those to the forefront um yeah. so yeah I'm, i really really dig the big short 
Uh, all right, I think that means you're number two, Ian, since Andrew um, was the big short. Yeah, so my number two is Anchorman. Um, it, I agree, one of the funniest movies from growing up. Um, so, so quotable. Um, it's a shame they never made a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much more that they could explore and do with this premise. Um, even a podcast, but I just, I, they've just never, never done it. You know what, um. Ian? There is a sequel to this movie, and I don't know if mm-hmm. you know about it. It's mm-hmm. Anchorman 1.2. I don't think I do, actually. I am being 100% serious with this, okay? Did mm-hmm. you know that they filmed so much extra footage for the first movie that they mm. went back into an editing bay and they made a second movie? No, I've never seen this. I am 100% genuine. It's on YouTube. Uh, uh, oh, I have to watch it. Yeah, I'll, give me two seconds. Like, talk, this is talk like more the, about how... Mm, this is like the, the Jackass thing, right? Like when they do like Jackass yeah, 3.5 or you know, yeah. whatever. Where but that like, tends to have more like kind of behind-the-scenes documentary style footage of this is I mean, how we did this. and Those movies are all behind-the-scenes documentary <laughs> style. No, like this. The, the 0.5s are always literally director sat in a chair saying... This is why we couldn't do this. This is the permissions we oh, have I to see. get I see. to do this stuff. Like I it see. really goes in deep to it. I see. And I've actually never like, watched any of the point fives, so maybe I actually like them better than the main movies themselves. Interesting. Um, they're really, really good. Now I have I to really, add a bunch really of jackass them. movies to my content. Uh, they oh darn! It is, it's all new stuff, and then it's all explaining Did how you say they new stuff the other stuff all new, yeah, new fo- okay there are new there's new footage in all of the new footage five. or nude footage i'm, I'm just trying new, both <laughs> i mean it's a jackass film so both <laughs> absolutely both it's called wake up ron burgundy lost movie wow yeah i'll have to watch that um i i, I, I yeah i just like this movie it's just it's fun it's yeah. so so much fun it's so quotable definitely yeah. in my honorable mentions um so that was your number two so time for our number ones if you've been paying attention you know what my number one is it is bruce almighty um mm. i have a real soft spot in my heart for this movie um i like the things it has love me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jim Carrey's a genius, guys. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, mm-hmm. He's just, yes, he can twist his face and do a whole bunch of stuff, but it's more than that. He understands he understands how to use the tools he has, and he mm-hmm. understands why it's funny, when it's funny, and he has a level of empathy to his work uh, that starts to appear in movies like Bruce Almighty um, that is really, really important to the progression of his career. Um, and man, this movie is hilarious. And mm-hmm. then it will knock you over with the the scene in the rain in the street. And, oh my goodness! And it's yes. just like it's just a really, really beautiful movie. And um, you know, you can take the things it has to say about religion or God as you know, text or subtext or literal or not. It's just you know, it's it's about something. Um, so I, I appreciate. That. I love it. I love it so so much. It's this. It it tackles the the whole act of like why a lot of people pray and perhaps mm-hmm. the the misunderstanding of of what it is and mm-hmm. just demanding things from right. your deity of choice and just tackling that. And I love that so it's like and I just man, I can imagine God doing that. Just like, you know what? <laughs> Screw it. You you think it's that easy? Here you go, buddy. I'm going on vacation. Yeah. Um and then there's just so many it's it's delivering a really heartfelt message 
through comedy um and then just having some like great skits as well like the whole evan baxter thing where mm. he's doing the auto cue for him mm. killed me it's just so good. it slayed me so so much uh, yeah. it's, it's so good and my so tiny nipples went to france <laughs> i like a do the, the cha-cha, cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs> uh so good so good uh so yeah that's my number one is bruce almighty came in at your number three ian is that right uh correct yeah yes. number three uh ian what is your number one i'm i feel like i'm wrong i feel like i got a, i made a mistake <laughs> nobody's nobody's put it on the list but little miss sunshine yeah. my number not, one. that's that's fine yeah it's my number it's, one Oh, it is your number one. Good. Yeah. Um, I this movie, man. It is a pure ray of sunshine. It is a joy. It is. It will take you through the ringer. It will. Yeah. I mean, the challenge. most impressive thing is it has two members of the voice cast of Minions: The Rise of Gru. So that's really. Um... It's a beautiful movie. <laughs> that... <laughs> it's it man. It just challenges what it is to be like an adult, to be a child, to where you're being led through life what you think is important and what is actually important um just a joy 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 of a movie absolutely love it andrew 100 percent, yeah uh there is a reason it's in my top 100 movies of all time it's just mm-hmm. the family dynamic is great uh every single person is absolutely perfect all the way from abigail breslin being the most adorable little girl yes. wanting to be in a beauty pageant and by the way i need to say this right now I should, I'm going to say it anyway, even though I shouldn't. Pageant parents are like the people I dislike most in this world. <laughs> I, tr- I get it. That's I try not to be not judgmental, unfair. but when it comes uh-huh. to pageant, pageant parents, I have trouble. Yeah. Um, so the fact that this movie deals with, you know, that horrible side of like where it can go, you know, with the way parents treat their kids. Um but there's something in the way whole, uh, wholesome the way the way Abigail Breslin does it. She she's doing it with her grandpa. She has a fun little you know super freak <laughs> dance number that she has all planned out that we don't see until the very end, and it's mm. such an amazing payoff. Um, but Alan Arkin as grandpa is great. Uh, Steve Carell as sad brother. Tony Collette is I think the greatest actress working today. Like, it's not even close, honestly. Uh, She's incredible. And then Paul Dano being mm-hmm. a Nietzsche-loving, you know, vow of silence guy trying to get his pilot's license only to find out that he's colorblind. And that scene where he breaks down on the side of the road kills mm. me every single time. And yeah. then there's a fun Brian Cranston cameo. Don't forget about him. He's the one mm-hmm. that Greg Kinnear's been trying to call this whole time, and he and he runs into him at the hotel. Oh yeah. man, this movie's I, perfect. I think one of the the reasons that the pageant stuff doesn't feel quite as icky as usual is that she's leading the way, and she is like just pure joying yes through her experience, and she's the one that's pushing it. Like she really she wants to be there, and she wants to do this. This could be football or um, whatever other sports there are but it's, it's just something that she Whatever. really wants to do man just don't in why did i even attempt to pull a sports reference out <laughs> yeah um yeah no it's 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 less gross and yeah. yet uh and yet <laughs> yes uh, you know like when we uh, i don't know like i try to think of like uh 
participation things that I side eye. You know, lake pageants I side eye a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, contact sports I side eye a little bit. You know, like mm-hmm. uh, for health reasons or whatever. Um, and uh, you know, there there is something where yes, she's leading the way, but still, it is pageants, and yeah, there's that, something really icky about those. But that is mm-hmm. not my problem with this movie. I actually don't have a lot of problems with this movie. I, I like this movie too. Uh, it is in my honorable mentions. Just a simple fact remains: Horton here's who is better. <sighs> so it's not as good as Horton here's a who. <laughs> no, I feel so much better about my list. I really do. You've made me feel good, Aaron. It's because it's because. Abigail's olive is her name, but the way olive is, she looks at it, she doesn't look at it as like uh, I'm competing against these mm-hmm. other. She's like, oh, tiaras are pretty. I get to dance. This mm-hmm. is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. That's sure. what she's going into this like. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, no, I enjoy the movie quite a bit. In fact, I, if there's uh, on the list of actors who I think didn't quite have the career they deserve, Greg Kinnear is pretty high on that list. Um, mm-hmm. Is a really funny dude, and um, he's had he's not to say he hasn't had a good career. He's had a good career, but it just seems like he should be a superstar uh, in some mm-hmm. ways. So hundred um, percent. So yeah, uh, I, I think everybody in this movie is doing pretty amazing stuff. Um, all right. Any other honorable mentions you want to mention honorably? Mm, no. Okay. Ian? Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 Uh, I'll throw out a couple. Date Night is funnier than uh, a lot of people give credit for. Um, if you want to check that out. Uh, Alexander and the No Good Really Bad Day. Funny movie. Funny movie. Uh, it's I know it's a family film. But uh, you might enjoy that. The Incredible Burt like Wa- Wonderstone, speaking of uh, Jim Carrey, um, is one you might want to check out. No, it's not. I was, expecting it. To get, it. I, was, I was expecting to get slammed for not having seen The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Um, oh, yeah. But it was not on uh, anyone's list. I don't that, like that movie. Uh, it was, so. I really, I think it's an incredibly funny movie. Uh, it's funny. Oh, it's got funny places. I just, I've just never enjoyed that movie. Mm, for, fair enough. For some reasons. Um and then uh Battle of the Sexes kind of came and went uh, with movie. with Emma Stone but it's a, it's a decent film so I thought I'd throw that one out there. I love the well. fact that the way they filmed it, it it looks just like the footage, you know, it's shot from that above far away eagle eye view of the of the actual tennis match mm-hmm. at the very end. Yeah. It could they could have done it, you know, where it's like the intense shaky cam up front, you know, where you see, you know, the sweat on the brow and everything. No, it's it's like you're watching a tennis match mm-hmm. yeah so yep so there you go uh best ever steve carell movies in the books and now it's on to our buried treasure what is that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about ian you're our guest so you go last andrew kick us off i'm gonna go with a new show on amazon prime the terminal list okay starring chris pratt and taylor kirsch Kish, Kirsch, Kish, I think it is. Kish. Kish. Yeah. Anyway, um, this is written by a man by the name of Jack Carr, who is a former Navy SEAL. Um, the basic premise of this is Chris Pratt is playing a Navy SEAL whose group just got back from a very bad op. He was one of the only survivors. Um, everybody else was killed. He had his head hit. Uh, he had a bad concussion on the op, and now uh, he keeps blacking out. But uh, now that he's back home, all the Navy SEALs from his crew that did survive are dying. And uh, he has to figure out like what's going on, but he keeps forgetting stuff. It's a, 
it's really kind of a crime, you know, like a, what's going on. It's, it's, it's less action-y than you might think. But it's it's interesting. It's a really good show. I think Chris Pratt's doing a great, great job with it. And uh, you should check it out. It's only eight episodes long. That is the Terminal List on Prime. Yeah. Um, I am going to go with uh, Stranger Things Season 4. Uh, for my buried oh. treasure. Um, I haven't seen the last two episodes. This is good. Uh, <laughs> the, oh, no, I hate that you're saying know, this because now I'm going to have to go and watch I it. I know, I felt the same Which means way. watching season two and three as well. Uh, Wait, <laughs> Ethan, or Ian, whatever your name is, you don't get, you don't deserve a name until, you, until you've seen all the Stranger Things. <laughs> I know I've only seen season one, and I was hoping this was going to be bad enough that I didn't have to watch two and yeah. three. But because two and three, fine. two and three are fine. Two and three are great. You know, Stranger Things seasons. You're, you'll have some fun with them, but they are progressively less n- like um, necessary, in my opinion. You know, they're, they're yes. a little more fluffy. Yeah. Stranger Things is back in season four. It's just back. Oh, like, it's, it's the best re- season. It's the best. I. I. It is competing with season one in my mind for for the best and i think the reason it may land on top is because the, we've seen these characters develop through some things and honestly the main issues i had with the second two seasons had to do with the clumsiness of the way they handled the aging of the stars like they didn't didn't quite work complete everything works here the age of everybody mm. works here everybody's still doing great work here the roles they're putting them in make sense to me. I'm really enjoying all the characters. When I heard these episodes were going to be movie length, I was like, Please, come on. And I didn't want to watch it. And then my wife was like, we you know, watch Stranger Things together. Let's watch the, you know, the new season or whatever. I'm like, okay, we'll put it on the first. And we were just locked <sighs> in. Just locked <laughs> in. Also, incredible plot to season four just a really incredible job of storytelling so yeah also this is the most terrifying season there's some body horror work that is out of this world like bone chillingness um i haven't like i said i haven't seen episodes eight and nine yet but i can Mm -hmm. confidently say i think that even one through seven because they weren't it wasn't really i don't know why it wasn't released all at once you know I do. I know why. I can tell you why. Okay. Um, I say I know why. This is just a huge, huge assumption on my part that I'm pretending is knowledge. Okay. Uh, Netflix is is regretting their binge strategy. They're seeing uh-huh. how Disney Plus is owning the conversation every week, and they're like, "Oh, let's re- let's release, let's save a couple so people can be talking yeah. about it for a while, and then we'll we'll throw those on." Um, and so they're kind of hedging their binge bets. Um, so, yeah. Dang it, I was going to cancel my subscription and now I have to watch this. <laughs> you really do. It's it's fine. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, I'm going to watch it today. I'm actually glad. When did it came out? What was it? The second it came out last, or yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The final two episodes came out yesterday. Both feature length films um, mm-hmm. as far as length wow. goes. Um, so, yeah. So there you go. Stranger Things season four is Chef's mm. Kiss, and I'm sorry to have to tell you that, uh, Ian. But it's it's I'm really not, really I'm good. I'm excited. I'm happy uh, just, for you, Ian, that you get to experience how, everything. How am I going to reclaim the thirty hours that <laughs> just cost me? How do I expense that? 
And how do I explain this the three hours I lost to the movies? I, yeah, this I have week? no idea. I have no idea. We'll start a new Patreon <laughs> tier uh, just, for, just, just for you, Ian. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Stranger Things Season 4 is available in its entirety now on Netflix. Ian, what is your buried treasure? I'm the only one who actually listened to the damn rules on this thing and actually picked a buried treasure and not like the most pop culture stuff that's going right now. Uh, I picked a really random movie from... What year is this? Uh, 2018, uh, Bad Samaritan. Um, I went on a bit of a David Tennant. Have neither of you heard of this film? Oh, yes. So, oh, yes. Oh, you have? Oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I really liked this movie. David Tennant makes everything better. Like, yes, yeah, this is a surprise. Does. Like, yeah. I went on a David Tennant binge. I watched The Escape Artist, which is a courtroom thing. Um, Fright Night? Uh, Did you watch Fright Night? Uh, I still Fright Night is next on the list. I'm not doing chronologically or anything. Okay, all I'm right, just all right. Picking what I'm in the mood for. Uh-huh. Um, went into Broadchurch, and then Amazon Prime recommended Bad Samaritan, and I was like, fine. Um, this movie is, I like it. I really, really like. It. Like David Tennant is pulling off an unhinged accent and an unhinged performance to match it as well. Um, mm-hmm. um. Your man, uh, Robert Sheehan, is great in essentially every single thing he does. Um, and I think he's really great in this. There is a standard horror tropiness to it as well. That Fine, it's fairly predictable. Mm-hmm. But it does do a couple of unique things. And it does have like him being with him for the entire movie is great. The way that he is broken down systematically by Tennant is incre- by Tennant's character is incredible is so 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 good it does disappear a little bit at the back end for me because they didn't really know how to apprehend the bad guy so they do the trope of making him suddenly dumb um which is a bit disappointing but overall this movie i was expecting nothing at all from this movie i challenge you to not watch it and just have a pretty decent time and at least enjoy the people in it. Um, yeah, what a what a pleasant surprise. Fifty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, not terrible. Um, about it, right, it feels about right, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What did you guys, did you guys like review it, watch it? What did you? I'm fa- I really it, need to hear what other people think of this movie. Yeah, it um it it's been a, what what year did you say it was? Like two thousand twenty. It's been a while. Twenty eighteen. <laughs> 2018, 2018 so, but it feels 2013 it feels a lot older sure, strangely sure. so yeah this was i watched this in a in a end of year screener binge um so oh, wow okay um so yeah it was it was just one in a, in a list and i just remember thinking oh that was you know that was david Tennant, mm. and it's always fun to watch david Tennant. so i don't have a lot mm. of specific memories of the movie which maybe says something um but it's interesting to hear that that you enjoyed it uh, as well. Yeah, so. man, love it. I'm a sucker for Tenant. I really am. I'm excited when for you to get to Grace Point, uh, the remake what? of Broadchurch that stars it's the same actor as a completely different oh, character with a completely different it's accent. Um, so strange. I actually I hit play on it last night on episode one of Grace Point. Yeah, and then for some reason 
I thought, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready. <laughs> I am I'm less than a week away from finishing Broadchurch. I'm not ready, not to, ready to revisit this story. Yeah. And however differently it may be framed. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Jessica space. Jones yet? Oh, completely. He's incredible in, in yeah. Maybe his yeah. best performance? So good. I, no, Doctor Who. I don't know. I like him as a bad guy. He's so I, good in Jessica Jones. He's so good in Jessica Jones. Yeah. I was so yeah. I'm so in comic books can do anything. So I'm still crossing my fingers that he comes into the MCU somehow. But like the loss of that that villain. Um, oh, it switched yeah. me off so much. Yeah, I was. I am not interested in a season two if he's not in it, <laughs> and that's terrible because yeah. Kristen Ritter is great. Yeah, but it's you cannot top that. You yeah. cannot top his he's, bad guy. He's so good. So good. Uh, well, there you go. That is Bad Samaritan available on Prime. You say um, in England at least. Yeah. Oh, who that's knows? a good point. I probably should look up stars or something. In <laughs> we have. Stars. I can tell you whatever where it is. Uh, Stranger Things season four is on Netflix, and the Terminal List uh, is on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if that gets shoved in my face anymore, I'm going to unsubscribe from Prime as well. <laughs> I cannot navigate to anything Old Man Yells at Cloud because there is this huge The Terminal banner. The next row down is The Terminal. The row after that is, hey, you should continue watching The Terminal even though you haven't started watching it. But I get it. You want me to watch this thing. The, I will pri- the Prime <laughs> uh, interface is the worst. It's the worst. It's, it's the worst. Hire me to worst. fix it. Beyond all you atrocious. have to do, all you have to do, is give me one month of Prime for free, and I will fix that interface <laughs> for you for my own sanity. I hate it. It's so bad. It's so very very bad. Uh, did you find out Bad Samaritan is on Prime? It's uh, not showing up anywhere for the US to watch. Oh, yeah. so in England, enjoy. Yeah, people in England enjoy. Uh, I pay for nowhere? it for you. It's not available anywhere. If you go on Apple and you like look up on Apple's TV, it gives you a list like, well, you could watch it on, um, mm-hmm. you know, Hulu or anything like that. It is available on Canopy uh, for free uh, in HD. Uh, You're just so. making that up. There's nope no that is a thing. that is a real thing. It is also available on Plex uh, for free in HD. Uh, Plex, uh, the movie server uh, software, has started getting into streaming um, some that's stuff. Smart. So, so yeah, that's so smart. so uh, Canopy or Plex looks like they have it Damn. for free. And your login details for Plex are Aaron. <laughs> just <so that> people <laughs> can... Didn't wasn't the whole reason of the streaming service system so that we wouldn't have to have fifteen different services <laughs> all at once. I remember that being the pipe dream once upon a time, but that has that it, we are back into cable company territory. Yeah. Of I will tell you that now. is that is Plex's strategy. Their their strategy is to and Apple's doing this as well. Um, in fact, Google has an element of this too. They're trying to be the interface that can get you everywhere. It's just it's difficult, right? Like if you well, open so up your Apple TV, to a certain degree. yeah, yeah, that's true. Everybody knows that's the the holy grail it's just getting there is is so difficult yep. so yeah if i could pay somebody 30 bucks to give me all of the streaming things <laughs> they would they would have my money uh so that is bad samaritan on canopy stranger things season four on netflix in the terminal list uh is on prime uh we did it guys we did a podcast Woo! congratulations Woo! we managed yes. to to uh to <laughs> make it through both movies this week Uh, 
Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out with us again today. Uh, thank you, buddy. Big thanks to Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Um, uh, big thank you to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Sports starts Not three Ian. bucks a month. And, uh, and you get <laughs> to, and get to uh, have access to bonus episodes as well as some other fun perks, including a possible monthly video hangout. And thanks to our guest this week, Ian Whittington. <sighs> you did it out of order, Aaron. You threw me off. Sorry about that, buddy. <laughs> Sorry about that, buddy. Uh, Ian, where can people movies. find you? What do you want to tell them about? Uh, you can find me not at the theatre watching any movies <laughs> again because I'm You will never faith. find him on Sif Pop ever again. His no, never again. Um, you can find me on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. Um, that's at Witsind, W-H-I-T-T-S-I-N-N-E-D. Um, or uh, talking about Star Trek um, at Cap uh, Captain's Pod, a Star Trek companion podcast um which we just had a little sneaky bonus episode where we talked about the undiscovered country with cinema sims narrator jeremy scott and that was a huge huge amount of fun he has issues with kitchens <laughs> it, is, it is true <laughs> it is true i would also mention i'm on the the season of captain's pod for strange Heck new yes. Worlds. so talking about strange new worlds um and that's mm. been a, a lot of fun i'm looking forward to talking about the uh the finale uh, that Indeed, will be happening. Yeah, that'll be next week. Very, very soon. This week is you're listening to this probably. Um, oh, no. Yes. Yeah. So um, whenever it is, uh, be exciting mm -hmm. to talk about. Uh, so, yes. So thank you, Ian, for hanging out with us today. Uh, if you want to connect with the podcast, you can do that by leaving a rating or review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, you can also leave a comment. Um, you can also email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too. So let them know about it. And listening is much easier than hitting a home run on a two-strike no-ball count. Uh, we will be back mm -hmm. next week with Thor 4 and more. Uh, so <laughs> we will see you then. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.